nice, nice. Okay, um, so you're going to kill me there. Um, guess why you're going to kill me? Oh, Michael, sorry, I couldn't hear you very well there. Guess why you're going to be really annoyed at me? Why? Because I didn't press the record button. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you gone for a run today? <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, did you do meditation today? Yes, I did. I did meditate. Today. I haven't meditated, so I'm proper wobbly. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Maybe it's the energy's vibing off. So <laughs> let's do that all over again. <laughs> sorry, sorry, the basics. The basics. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start that again Isaac you didn't have to record or worry about the editing from before um, so we're going to start this episode from here <coughs> from here <laughs> okay let's try again let's try again hey there listeners it's Michael Harding from Unity FM 93.5 FM Birmingham and today's episode of Where's Your Head At? We've got one of my closest friends, Miss Homer McBool, who is a quite highly qualified in the area of psychology and business psychology. So instead of me blabbing on about what I think about her qualifications, um, I'll let you into a little secret. This is actually the third take, uh, simply because the first take, we didn't quite get it right. The second take... I actually forgot to press record. So, Homer, if you want to introduce yourself for the third time. Hi. So, I am Homer McFall. Um, so, yeah, as, as Michael said, I'm qualified. Uh-oh. The uh, sound went and disappeared there. Uh-oh, what's happened there? majority of my role, my main role was to carry out research in mental health for men because there was a lack of um, and so that was something that I found very interesting you're going to kill me again <laughs> no no I did press record but for some <laughs> reason you completely cut out for 30 seconds oh wow I don't know what happened what is going on today I don't know what happened there did someone try and call you? Like, um, I, I've been getting messages, but that's it. Hmm, it's a weird one. Okay, um, <laughs> this is gonna be so fun for him to edit. <laughs> it's, it's easy for us. You just gotta repeat you repeat yourself. But for him, it's a bit of a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so we'll just go. Sorry, Isaac, this is going to be so hard for you. We apologize. We're probably going to have to do this several times through this episode, Isaac. So uh, I apologize. Hummer apologizes. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll go it from... Yeah, so Hummer, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So as Michael said, I've had a great interest in psychology. So I have... Uh, studied an undergraduate in psych and after that I worked in a private counselling firm and I was carrying out research on mental health for men. So that was something that, that there was a gap in the NHS that we were trying to fill and so obviously there's been more awareness now but back then, which was we're talking about a good 12 years ago now, there wasn't much awareness um, and no one really talked about it as much and there's quite a big stigma um, around that. So then after that, I went to study my master's in business psychology. So that obviously involved an element of um, employee engagement, also talking about performance and basically making sure that employees are happy within their workplace mm. as such, which is something that I'm quite passionate about, which then meant that I got involved in human resources. So I've been working within HR for the past decade. So that is a little bit about myself. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, I like to start off each episode with uh, my favorite question, um, which you can answer in any shape, way or form. It can be related to life, the world, what outside looks like, what you've had for breakfast. It doesn't matter. Just answer it however you feel best. The question is, where's your head at? 
So in terms of where my head is at, I almost put them in specific kind of subcategories and categories in my head as such. So categories could be um, family, what it currently looks like and what I want it to look like. It could be about my health, what it currently looks like, what it looks like and what I want it to look like. It could be career, it could be multiple things as such. Uh, but if anything, especially with this current COVID situation, I've been heavily focused on my mental health because mm. I know it's impacted multiple people. I know that, you know, everyone I speak to at the moment, inside work, outside of work, they're all struggling mm-hmm. and they're all looking for that support. But, you know, if you're not filling your own cup, then how are you meant to basically pour it into other people's? Wow. So pretty much just be making sure that I'm keeping myself in an overflow state as much as possible to help others as well as helping myself. But that is where my head's at. That is a great answer. And you've just dropped one of the biggest nuggets of gold there. And I think that is, there's a, there's a saying that I've heard before that like you need to treat life like um, a mother on an airplane where they encourage a mother to put the oxygen mask on herself first before putting it on her child just in case she passes out and then falls on the child and the child can't do it themselves so it's really very very important and i'm I'm glad you highlighted that that you can't really help people if you've not helped yourself if you're not performing and not at your best you then can't really serve and give your best to others so in regards to psychology what what made you want to study psychology i've always known what i've wanted to do so for example what i decided to do is i basically basically had to um at school sorry i got slightly distracted there um (laughs) so what happened was my um at school i decided that i wanted to help other children Mm -hmm. Um, who were going through difficulties at home um, in terms of school life and personal life. And I wanted to help people around about that age because that is the age that helps shape you um, mm. as an adult. And it also helps, um, you know, to bring up a child to become a better adult. Mm. And we rather, I don't want to use the word fix, but you want to basically fix the child to become a better adult rather than dealing with, I don't want to use the word broken, but broken adult. Yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, so what yeah. I ideally want to do is make sure I bring better adults in the world that are more helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense in, in terms of... Yeah, that's that that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of then going into... Obviously, I'm guessing from having your initial degree, um, was there a range of different psychology applications? Is there is there other things apart from business psychology that you can kind of choose or...? Yeah, there's multiple. You can go into sports, you can go into clinical, you can go into educational. Um, and But for me, what really kind of resonated was the counselling element. Mm. So my future goal is to get out of human resources and um, to go back into psychology because I actually wanted life experience because, mm. you know, I've come out of university um, when I first worked as a psychologist. And it, you're almost in this in this bubble mm-hmm. um, and as you get older that bubble tends to burst a little bit mm-hmm. um, and you kind of get to grips with the adult world a little bit more and so that that was my intention to always ensure that I go back with life experience and that's something that I, I wanted to do and that's something that I want to bring um, I know I've mentioned that I want to ideally focus on, on children around about the ages 11 to 16 but I also do want to help adults within the workplace and um, ensure that they get an element of the best of both worlds where they can have my advice from my HR side of things because it's quite difficult to sometimes go to your own HR advisor or business partner or the HR team overall because they may actually be outside with the manager and that tends to happen mm. in some organizations and so people often leave and so I will give an element of helping them as well as ensuring that they have good engagement within the workplace and how they can protect themselves as well as counsel them mental health yeah and i think during this time there's gonna be probably a, a, one of the greatest surges ever of unfair dismissals um, oh yeah definitely i mean i've worked in companies which i obviously don't want to say exactly where but some of the redundancies um proposals were questionable mm, but again businesses are in this tricky position of yeah what what do they do to keep 
running obviously not all not all redundancies are done in a financially strategic way uh but a, a question for you in yeah. before we actually i'm gonna ask you this question and we'll take a little break um the question would be and i'll let you think on it before uh, so there's an answer for when we come back from the break as a psychologist for a lot of people their bubble has burst like like you mentioned that that reality bubble yeah. as a psychologist what would you recommend as the first steps for somebody to take if they found that their bubble is burst so i'll let you think on that one for a, a great answer and then we'll come back after the break so i'm just going to pause that there okay okay so we're back in and the question that i had for you homer was what as a psychologist or somebody that's studied psychology especially for those with businesses would you recommend as the first steps for somebody to take or to think about in regards to their current reality or current thing popping so what i would do in a situation like that is um there's a psychologist approach and there's also a work approach so, in terms from a work perspective, I would say, as a manager, for example, you can't manage your direct report in terms of the mental health. Uh, what you can do is show forms of flexibility. So, giving them flexibility at work with their start time, end time, ensuring, obviously, that they complete the contractual hours and obligation. But also, there's the side of a friend and mountain employee assistant program, which every company has, which is free counselling services, it's confidential, nothing comes back to the workplace. The manager's role is not to support them with their mental health, it's to refer them, simply because they are not specialists within the workplace. So that's what I would advise from a business perspective, so make sure that benefits are there in order to help them um, with the employee assistant program, so that that basically feels through as a benefit, so make sure that employees are aware of that. In terms of a psychologist's perspective, it would be, again, it would be seeing a counsellor. It would be ensuring that um, the individual has coping strategies. So, for example, what I would say, and probably from my own life experience, I would say that ensuring that you've got the correct support around you. So that's number one. So ensuring that your environment is good for you. So you've got your family and you've got your friends and you've got people that you can speak to in regards to that. And then also in terms of the environment, making sure that where you live at the moment isn't a toxic environment. It's something that is healthy for you to grow in and for you to be around more positive energy as such. And also what I would say is quite tempting, especially when you're low, you're more tempted to go down bad habits because it's True. easy to basically adapt. And it's, easy, it's, it's basically easy to get to and it becomes quite addictive. So one thing that um, I noticed when I carried out research in mental health um, many, many years ago, was the fact that people often went towards drugs or alcohol. Now, it's understandable why they want to do that because it's a form of escapism. Yeah. And yes, for that temporary moment, it's great, it helps. But then there's a negative impact from that moment of relief and it spirals through. So what I would say in that situation is you basically transfer that energy into something positive rather than going down the negative route. So instead of drinking, go out for a run. Instead of taking drugs, go see a friend, go for a drive, go to another city, explore, do whatever you're passionate about. It could be playing football, it could be playing tennis, it could be anything. I would suggest that you basically go towards that direction instead and then you will feel better, you will look better and there's only nothing but positive out of that. And another thing as well that people have tend to, uh, tend to do to help them improve their mental health is actually getting involved in hobbies. So they stay so true could be something like photography for example that's something that they enjoy so yeah wow <laughs> that, <laughs> that is value 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 there I, I think something that i really picked up on there that you said was the the coping mechanisms in yeah. terms of again sometimes people don't even realize that they're doing these things as a coping mechanism it, yeah it just kind of they they kind of feel oh this is just what i do when really it's to deal with a bigger internal issue that's not been addressed or just kind of <laughs> causing that internal 
conflict really isn't it um yeah definitely and that's a whole other subject in itself that's the childhood trauma <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say that's a definitely a completely different subject that's like a <laughs> that's like a giant <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah that's <laughs> not open them come kind of worms <laughs> we'll save that one for another time yeah for, for episode two yeah sounds good um, so a question that I, before I go back to that kind of space, uh, a question that I like to ask people is in terms of a metaphor, I, I just love metaphors and I think they help people to understand things. So is there a metaphor that has helped you or do you have like a favorite metaphor? Um, I have like a quote that I usually like, um, which is, that every moment passes um, and this moment shall pass too. And so what what I tend to do is when I have moments of happiness, I'm very, very grateful for that memory and I show more gratitude in that moment of happiness um, because I know that moment's going to pass. But it's the same with sadness as well. Um, what I tend to do is try my best to not dwell upon it too much. So if I do feel sad or low, I would do things that help me cheer me up, but I also have to remind myself that I may be feeling low at this minute, but this time last year I know I wasn't feeling like this, and I know next time, this, <laughs> this time next year I'm not going to be feeling like this. And so um, it, it will it will change, that every moment passes. So don't be too hard on yourself when you're having a low moment, and um, just remember it passes, and when you are happy and you're having a good time, then just to remind yourself of the blessings and gratitude at the time for that moment of happiness that you have mm, so a question i want to kind of throw you on the, on the tail end of that is is as a professional psychiatrist on, on the outside we on instagram and on social media we always see these motivational quotes about how important gratitude is as someone that's professionally studied the human mind how important actually is gratitude it is very important because your neural pathways are redesigned from gratitude. So what tends to happen is, for example, your actual brain structure can change in your neural pathways. Wow. So it's really, really key that to, to do it from that perspective, that's the physical side, but even from your, um, from, from your mental health side of things, you would naturally start, or even from a behavior perspective, you will start looking for more blessings and show more gratitude throughout the day. So for example, I this morning woke up and said five things that I'm very grateful for. But as the day went by, I realized that I was saying, oh, I actually appreciate this and I also appreciate this. It almost kind of set your, it sets your day to pick up and look and find more things to be grateful for, which obviously makes you feel happy as well. Oh, wow. So in, in regards to, you said that the, the, the brain kind of changes, um, so does that mean, you know, the old saying that a leopard can never change its spots? Yeah. Does that mean, well, yeah, what's, what, what's your take on that as a, as a professional psychologist? Can people change? Can a leopard change its spots? Um, I think this one's difficult to answer on a, without an element of death because there's loads of variables within it. So that, that I can't answer as directly as okay. a yes or a no because you've got to look at their mental health history. You have to look at their childhood and how they were brought up, their subconscious thinking, their current conscious thinking. So there's multiple areas that need to be reviewed before we can give that answer. But I guess if I was to, it's a potential, a potential yes. <laughs> so in your professional experience, have you ever experienced or witnessed or know of any case studies that have shown people having a change or a dramatic change of, yeah, not yet, not yet. I'm sure there's something out there that's been worked on right now, but I haven't seen as I haven't seen it as of yet. Okay. Well, for the listeners, I've personally experienced it twice in my life. Um, two people that I've just seen completely, just almost become different people. Um, one instance of that is my mom, who have I've now got her to say that she'll come on the show um, and talk about her changes and battles with mental health and what she went through and changed and then the other one was um i've mentioned him before and i'll probably mention him a lot more is uh rest in peace uh, Stephen mayhay that was one of the 
biggest changes I've ever seen in a in a human being. Like, literally saw somebody change, even the way they walked, the 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 posture in which he held himself, and the the use of language, the the habits he developed, just completely a different person. Where you're looking at this person and you're like. This is the same face, but it's a different person. This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it's, it's such an incredible, incredible change. Um, so, yeah, going back to the... Sorry, I just went off on a tangent there. No, uh, okay, I was just thinking there's an element of person development that he was willing to take and actually apply, and it just goes to show what sort of person he, he was. So, in terms of this this kind of time that we're in... Is there anything that people, because like you said, there's going to be a lot of people that feel like they've been hard done by, but they don't actually know if they've been hard done by. So is there anything that anybody can do, any places anyone can go to, to kind of find out, hang on a minute, have I actually been unfairly dismissed? Because I think a lot of it, there's going to be a lot of listeners and a lot of people out there that have been unfairly dismissed because businesses are trying to do what they can to 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 save some money but where would someone go what would someone do in that situation so i would advise that they use acas so it's that is a c a s and they will give you free um advice on what to do next um and what was basically done right rightfully so or not so they are basically the individuals or it's a company that you go to and you speak to an advisor there and they give you employment law um, rights and what was correct and incorrect. And they also give you an early conciliation wow. certificate um, before you want to take the company to a potential tribunal. So they, I would say it's free. They're, they're really good. Um, there's a bit of a delay in terms of their waiting time at the moment, but it is a free number. Um, it's about a half an hour wait these days just to get through to somebody. Um, obviously, because of COVID, there's been quite a few delays, etc. However, they are someone I highly recommend. If you have concerns about being unfairly dismissed, then definitely contact ACAS as your first port of call. Oh, okay. Um, so I've got a question now that's a, a very it's slightly more personal one. Um, that is, what is a day in the life of someone that works in your role? What does it look like for, what does a day in the life of HR look like? I guess it's... Um, depending on which part you're in. So if I talk about um, something that I did today, so I had to work on a particular case, um, such where you're looking at what what are we taking to an investigation, we had to suspend an employee, um, what are the reasons for it, and also then inviting them to the investigation and then conducting the investigation. And then apart from that, it could be disciplinary hearings, it could be also hearing people's grievances, it could be, you know, a redundancy situation going on, it could be people are being um, taken out of the company um, through a thing called 2P, where the, the company's off the bid um, or renewal for contract, and so they have to then get transferred outside of the business to another company and go through all the consultations with them. And also there's an element of looking at exit interviews, which I am really passionate about. So for me, um, so when employees on the last day um, tend to have like an exit interview and we ask them questions about the experience within the company, so I analyze the data and then provide that back to the board and saying, okay, these are the reasons, these are the themes, you know, why are people leaving? Um, and in order to rectify that, we tend to put measures in place to help retain employees. So that's that I could say is one typical day, but the next day could be completely different. So it could be that a manager is complaining about um, not being able to manage their team. Um, it could also be a day full of, um, you know, general generic stuff such as completing references. It could be something, um, it's, it's just so varied um, that it's hard to kind of put in a couple of days. But yeah, that's the general gist of it. Mm. Okay. Um, 
you're giving so much value here to to, <laughs> to any listeners. I don't think you realize like the scale of value that you're literally like throwing buckets yeah. over the, the airwaves of of, <laughs> of of value. So, we've, we've, we in this in this call, we've really really helped the employees, but I want to kind of help the employers. So, because this is a space that, in terms of mental health and helping, I think they, they business owners often get abandoned. People don't often like to see things from their employer's perspective. It's a very, uh, yeah. I often hear cases of, poor me, oh, my employer should have done this when we it's very rare that as an as someone that's employed we take the time out to look at okay this is actually the situation this is the debt the company's in this is the the pressures that the 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 company's under to kind of deliver and this is why i've been treated or this has been said or this contract or whatever has come about in the in the way that it's come about so for for employers that are under a bit of pressure right now um, and they potentially have to get rid of employees but they're in this awkward kind of space what would you recommend to them what what kind of things can they look at so what I would advise from an employer's perspective is that what we tend to do is um, we do a restructure so that means that there could be potential employees that may lose their jobs which then means that they get a redundancy payment at the end dependent if they've been part of a company for over two years. If it's under two years, employment law says that they don't get paid. So then it's up to what the policy says within the business um, and that needs to be applied. So from an employer's perspective what I would suggest is that they give a, legi- they give a legitimate proposal business proposal as to why they're basically cutting out the, the company um, structure for that particular team. And if it is for cost savings, which is often the case, then that's completely fine. HR will prove that. So typically I would go and I'd look at that business proposal from the manager. I would then tick that off saying, okay, it's a legitimate, you know, redundancy restructure at the moment. So let's let's actually apply it. Um, so just ensuring that the employment law is followed to the T. And if they are unsure of what the employment law says, then they can also contact ACAS as well that I mentioned earlier. And they can have the advisor um, and speak to them saying, look, this is my current proposal. This is a reason for my proposal. Um, and they can advise whether it's legitimate or not if they don't have a big HR team or a HR team's not available. So they can then apply that. And there's also a whole document of how to actually, you know, apply the consultation periods, et cetera, and give the employees rights. So there's a whole documentation on that on the ACAS website. Wow, this ACAS website sounds amazing. <laughs> the amount of referrals you've given them right now. Yeah. <laughs> got paid for it, hey. Apologize if you're inundated with calls. Um, <laughs> sorry, Homer's just trying to help as many people as she can. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a, just a, I didn't realize that there was even help like that for business owners I, I, I thought it was just a case of figure it out yourself just like most yeah. things in business like there's there's not really it's that kind of journey in it that that figure it out as you go along but if there's yeah. help and assistance there especially during these times why carry all the weight on your shoulders yourself if you can get help with that um yeah. so in terms of uh challenges and obstacles is there a challenge, obstacle, setback that you've had, business, personal, anything that you'd be willing to share that you've got through, overcome, that you're now grateful for? Big um, or small, could be from university, could be from school, could be from work, could be from anything. I think to be very open and honest, it's... Um I think a lot to do with race and I know that's quite a big topic at the moment as well. Wow. So I think if anything, um, you know, the, the individuals of, um, well, let's just say ethnic minorities, mm-hmm. they, there are, there are elements of indirect discrimination that does happen. 
mm-hmm. uh, which you know I've witnessed and I've I've raised as an issue. But you know, right now I think there's a big awareness um, of Black Lives Matters, and I think that's getting expanded out to other ethnic minorities as well. Mm-hmm. And I can see companies making a change, and I've seen that quite happen quite quickly. Mm. And I think people, you know, make sure that the, the company's more diverse and more inclusive. And I think that's something that has been an obstacle for many years, but it wasn't really spoken um, out about. And I think mm-hmm. this year, that's something that I've definitely seen a change in. Wow. So that's been a positive change. It's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah, I can imagine in the HR space, you must have seen and heard some crazy wild things in terms of that 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 big that that thing that's come to surface now i think it was dave Chappelle or, or somebody had said something before that it's it's been like a, a pot with a lid on it whereby it's been bubbling up for a while and it's been slightly been kept where nobody can see it and now it's just kind of bubbled up and it's it's kind of yeah, it's spilling over, and now it's a case of not even isolating and looking at one individual issue in regards to age, race and discrimination. It's now looking at the whole picture of how, in society and the world, we deal with these these issues and how we address them and how we move forward with them. And and for me, everything that's going on in the world in regards to that, I only see this as a positive because. I'd rather, from my perspective, it's it's always better to to tackle the problem than to kind of know the problem's there and just ignore it, because then it yeah. can only grow and get worse and then bubble over like it like it's done now. Um, yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely. I think um, I think they've always known that the issue's been there. It's just mm-hmm. now I think a lot of companies have been held accountable and that's why there's movement there as such to um to, to go down that approach and i think um it's, it's been challenging that's for sure i mean i know i hesitated when in one of the companies i worked for they there were three ethnic minority ladies coming up to me and mm-hmm. one was really disgruntled about the fact that she'd be seen she'd been seen as aggressive mm-hmm. Um, I said, look, you know, I personally haven't heard anything from the manager, and I said, this is the first time it's come to light, and she was felt like she's been discriminated against indirectly. Mm-hmm. But as as an ethnic minority myself, even I hesitated to bring up that case because it was so uncomfortable um, knowing what the mindset was in this particular company. Mm-hmm. And I think, if anything, it's um, it definitely has been a positive change now. But it's just sad that it had to come from something negative, and it's just a shame that that's how it spiraled out. But I guess there's always been some element of negativity which then forms the positivity, so I guess that's a good thing, i.e. like when women weren't allowed to vote, and now we are, so I guess yeah, the outcome is positive. that's such a great example. That, that's, yeah. that's, that is such a great example, and the, the ripple effect that that's had around the world, that that movement that like imagine where the world would be without that like like it's just but again you you kind of need these unfortunately you you kind of need these problems to move forward it's it's such a weird irony of 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 life that unfortunately you do have to have obstacles to be able to create new opportunities and I think yeah. that's one thing that I would definitely pose to to all listeners is one of my favorite sayings of all time is that the the opportunity is within the obstacle. It's just a case of reframing and getting new perspectives on how you can see um, these these potential opportunities. And yeah, that's a such a great point. The the voting thing I've never even thought of. Yeah, that that that's discrimination. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's fine. It's that that's yeah. It's a very interesting space. So the next question I'm going to ask you just before we pop into uh, another ad break is, what book have you read that helped make a difference? in your life that you would recommend to other people and then i'm just going to get ready for the break um so listeners will be back after the break
Okay there listeners, you're back with us at Where's Your Head At? And I'm with our fantastic guest today that has been giving us value upon value, Miss Homer McBool. Um, so the question that we asked before the ad break um, was, what book would you recommend that you've read that made a massive impact on your life that you feel could impact and help people in their current situations? So the one of the most powerful books I've read is a book called The Power of Now. So The Power of Now is is so it, it's so life changing, and I would highly recommend that everybody reads it. And it's pretty much what it says in the title. It's about putting yourself um, in the moment of now because that's where the real power is at. And actually, our minds take us to survival mode, and we're thinking about the future and how to make sure that we're keeping ourselves safe um, and sometimes we could be in flight flight or freeze mode um, and that's something that we want to make sure that we come out of and we bring ourselves to the now because the power isn't in the future the power isn't in the past it's in your current moment because your current moment has a ripple effect on other parts of your future so what you do today what you do now is where the real power lies wow that was uh <laughs> that was a great, <laughs> great summarization of the book. Um, you know what? Because that was that because that was so good. I'm gonna get you to. What would you say was your biggest takeaway from this book? Meditation. I think um, that, and also I used to work with um, somebody who was a PT, and um, I'm very grateful she told me about Headspace back in 2017. And honestly, it's that mixed with reading The Path Now has just changed my life in terms of my mindset, in terms of how I deal with stressful situations, in terms of if, you know, you're feeling quite anxious, you can straight away shift that mindset by applying meditation or doing something that helps you get out of the state that you're in. So for me, I think the biggest takeaway was the element of that we only have now. We haven't got the future, it's just now. Um, and that's where our thoughts need to try and um, focus on as much as possible to basically achieve that that happiness as much as possible. Mm. So it's, it's interesting you bring up the uh, topic of meditation in the app Headspace because this is what I've seen as one of the, the, the true power and beauty of technology is that apps like this are now readily available to people and I think technology used right can do incredible things like give people access to meditation tools however the subject of meditation a lot of people f often feel that they're doing it wrong okay. and a lot of people that I speak to often think that it's not for them. It doesn't really work for me. I'm having too many thoughts. I'm, mm, it do, does it really work? Oh, I haven't got time for to just sit down for 10 minutes and so on and so forth. What, what, what's your take on that? I think there's a myth around meditation. And so meditation isn't about controlling your thoughts. It's actually to look at your thoughts and pass them by and try and change your thoughts into a more neutral perspective rather than positive or negative as much as as much as possible and it's almost like exercising you won't see you know the first kind of the first time to go for first five times to go out for a run you wouldn't really see anything but if you do that consistently over a month or two months three months you will start seeing the changes you start seeing yourself physically change mentally change and it's the same thing with meditation you start seeing the changes further down the road rather than the initial one or two times that you do meditate and again, it's such a, a big space that what would you, how do you even recommend somebody to start? Where, where does somebody start with learning how to meditate or what type of meditation is best for them? Okay, so first things first, I would say um, you can look at what types of meditation there are and there's multiple. And so the one thing how I started off with was Headspace and there's a basic uh, kind of subcategory within it where it's free and it teaches you how to meditate and then once you feel more comfortable with doing that then you can move to another type of meditation which is all over YouTube like there's free access everywhere there's 
breathing. Um, there's an element of you could um, letting part, letting thoughts pass and then neutralizing your thoughts um, rather than putting an emotion attached to them. There's there's so many types of meditation. I'll be here all day if I was to to discuss them. But what I would say is start exploring by looking at one. If you don't feel like it fits you well, go on to YouTube, go and have a look, go Google, find out what other types of um, meditation there are, and, and go with that. And um, before COVID, I actually went to a group one, um, and um, it was it was definitely different. It was something that uh, first in my experience, and that was quite powerful because it's a big group. And you can feel the meditations a little bit more deeper in comparison to sometimes when you do it by yourself initially. So um, wow. if it's safe, then maybe go to a group one. But if not, then start off doing it by yourself initially. Or maybe get family members involved or friends involved and see how you get on. That's, a, that's such a good, good point. I actually saw a headspace have actually teamed up with Sesame Street. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sesame Street, and they've got headspace exercises for kids. So if you're totally like, nah, I'm not bothered about this this stuff. I would even recommend trying some of the headspace Sesame Street stuff. Like I enjoyed it. it was, I, I thought it was amazing. I was like, yeah, Elmo, tell me to think about my toes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, it was actually really cool. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds really, really cool. I'm going to definitely attempt that and uh, give that a go. I was also going to say there's an, another app called Calm as well. So Calm has um, quite a good few free sessions on it as well. It gives you different forms of um, meditation, so even about performance, you know, anxiety about uh, even just going on the stage. There's so many things in Calm that I would recommend. So that's something worth checking out, and that's a there's free sessions and there's obviously there's some that you pay for naturally as well as with Headspace but the free ones are pretty good so again a, a question a lot of discussions that I have with people in regards to meditation people are often like oh I'm getting it wrong can can you get meditation wrong is, is there is no right or wrong it's about just finding what you feel comfortable with and there are times where um, I find it difficult to meditate it depends on my emotional state. And if that is the case, then what I would highly recommend, if you can, is to do it first thing in the morning before you've checked your phone. Before you do anything like that, I would highly recommend to do it first thing or just before you go to sleep. So they're, they're usually the best time to, to carry out meditation. Don't think, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? There is no right or wrong when it comes to meditation. It is what it is. And then in regards to the meditation space, and this is a bit of an interesting one, actually. Might open up a can of worms on this one. Is From your extensive qualifications in psychology and then having a master's in business psychology, did, did meditation ever come up? Never. This is, this is what's so interesting. Meditation has never come up from an educational side of things. And I think that's something that we need to highlight a lot. Um, also within the workspace, you know, that's somewhere where we want to go and we want to basically ensure that, you know, employees are utilising everything that could potentially help them. This needs to be, edu everyone needs to be educated on this. This isn't something that um, that should be kept quiet or I hear about from a, you know, an ex-personal trainer at work, you know, years in. I think that there needs to be more awareness and I think it is slowly coming, but it would be good if we actually can teach children to do that as well. So would you recommend that that's something that employers, especially during this time, should look at maybe as applying somehow to their, their workforce some kind of meditation yeah. engagement? Yeah, I, I definitely believe so, because at the moment the benefits that a lot of companies have, for example, would be something like gym membership. Now... With the current situation, the companies actually need to review their benefit package and think, okay, if they were spending money on the gym membership, they're getting a discount there. Why not take that out and actually apply that for meditation apps? So that's something that they need to actually apply rather than, you know, because there's not many people going to the gym at the moment because of safety measures. So that's something that needs to be considered from an employer's perspective. Yeah, and I guess the only tool one once you kind of get to a position where you you no longer need the app, you the only tool that you need to be able to meditate is yourself, really. So you can do it here, there, anywhere, on a plane, on a train, on a on a lilo, on a beach. Like doesn't really 
matter once you, I guess once you've you've really really understood it. Um, yeah, and that's a really good point because then employers can put a cap on that on that actual act. So, for example, they can pay for the first three months and that's it, and leave it there, or you know they have a trial period of whatever their company can afford at the time. So that's something. That's a really good point, Michael. So, in terms of how would I put this? So coming up towards the the end of the show and the end of this call, what would you say would be... Actually, you know, I'm going to ask the most cliche question. Most cliche question of all time is if you met the younger version of yourself, what would you say to yourself? That's a very deep question. I would say that life flies by quickly. So grab every opportunity. Um, embrace every moment and remember that there are brighter days that come when there's a stormy storm, stormy day and just always make sure to remember your good memories and always remember that every moment passes like I said about the quote but I wish I knew that when I was a lot younger because it helps you get out of a bad situation quicker mm-hmm. a bad mindset um, so yeah that's something that I would definitely say to myself and always follow what you desire, be in alignment of that because you're just withholding sometimes um, your biggest blessings. Mm, definitely, definitely. So now wrapping up the show, there's something that uh, I, I've, I'm doing every episode as well, which is getting whoever I'm talking to to ask me a question. So ask me anything. Okay. So... Where is your head at, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> no, this could be. Let's 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 try and trim it down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me do one of them Kanye things. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's focus on um, what would you advise in terms of uh, like a where's your head at on a daily basis for the first. Half an hour morning. <laughs> this is funny, listeners, because I've discussed this intensively with Homer actually. So she knows, she, knows, she knows the answer to this already. She just gave me to pull it out on the public airways. Um, so for me, my morning is the most important thing in the world. And actually, this helps me to segue into the thing that I need to do last on the show anyway, which is recommend a book. Um, so I had a bit of a morning routine before and I, I realized that some of the most successful people in the world all seem to get up early in the morning. So there was a period of time where I thought, you know what, I'm going to just try it. I'm just going to try getting up early in the morning at five o'clock in the morning and just see how I feel, see what happens. And it made a massive difference to my life and my business. And then I thought, you know what, they also exercise in the morning. Let me try just doing some yoga. Then I then ended up adding um going to the gym and then i ended up adding meditating to my morning so my morning just started adding all of these things that uh, are quite important to me um and there's a book called the miracle morning the six habits that will transform your life before 8 a.m by hal elrod which i would highly highly recommend i cannot recommend this book enough um I've actually just given it away to somebody, actually. Um, if you want to get that book, it's on my... And see a little review of it. It's on my social media, at I am Mr. Harding on Instagram. Um, but, yeah, my morning consists of wake up. First thing I do is go and have a cold shower. Um, now, this is because it's good for your immune system. It's good in terms of putting your body into a state of shock and teaching you the mechanism of tackling things that you don't want to do um so then from there it i cannot recommend cold showers enough to anybody it, it, it's very difficult to implement at first just have your shower as normal and then to kind of rinse yourself like you'd rinse a dish when you're washing the dishes just the last 10 seconds last 30 seconds have it on icy cold and the way you feel after when you get out is just 
like you're ready for war you're just like just like you're in the zone like it literally drop kicks you into the present moment like you can have a million and one thoughts in your head the moment that if if you've got thoughts in your head that you really want to kind of you're you're just in this place two things that i want to recommend to you are exercising and going in a cold shower you will get drop kicked out of your thoughts and snapped into reality in the moment right now so quick and so hard it's it's unbelievable and then from there i meditate um then from there i do my affirmations then from there i do my wim hof breathing exercises then from there i look at my to-do list for the day um then from there if i'm going to the gym i'll go to the gym um and then from there i will go on a 5k run um which actually i'm now changing um because i was doing a 10k run once a week but i'm now gonna try and i realized i can get to 100k a month and i was like wow that's actually really good like if i can run 100k a month for, for charitable causes so i'm it's great to announce this on the radio actually um, i'm now going to be running 100k a month for charity by simply doing 5k every morning which i know is possible because i've done it before um so that's kind of my morning routine and is so so important to me if i don't Homer knows like uh, some, sometimes she's my, my psychotherapist sometimes and <laughs> when, when I've most of the calls end up like this so Michael you're saying all this to me what did you do this morning and I'll be like well I didn't meditate or well I didn't exercise or well I didn't do my Wim Hof stuff and it it's, it's kind of shown me how important having a really good morning routine and taking that time just just carving an hour or half an hour for you time just you and you just you uh, i cannot recommend that enough to any listeners listening today um so yeah that's pretty much the end of the show uh thank you ever so much everyone that's listened today thank you very much Hummer mac ball um yeah thank you thank you very much thank you for listening everybody i've been michael harding um Hummer, do you want to sign off yeah, this is Hamamak Ball, saying bye to all. I am, and this is Where's Your Head At on Unity FM, 93.5 FM, Birmingham. <laughs>